Tua fires, touchdown Miami. Waddle snuck into the end zone of Miami. Boy, tight throw, tight window. They had to get that touchdown on that play to get it. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, it's a very special edition of the Drive Time Podcast. We are honoring linebacker Jerome Baker and his nomination as the Dolphins representative for the NFL's Walter Payton Man of the Year Award in 2021. We're going to talk to Jerome Jr. as well as his father, Jerome Baker Sr., about living a life of service and the work they both do in their communities. From the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex, this is the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. Now, one announcement. So every team uh, in the league gets to nominate a player for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. So this, uh, first we nominate someone who's not just excellent on the field, but more importantly, does a lot of things in the community, makes an impact on people, uh, you know, outside of football. All right, so to be be, uh, uh, nominated is a great honor. This year's nominee uh, is Drumming. Being nominated uh, to be Walter Payton uh, Man of the Year is it's, uh, it's a great honor. I think it uh, kind of highlights. Um, the player on the field, but more importantly, off the field and in the community. And I think Jerome's made an impact, obviously, with our team uh, on the field, but you know, certainly in the in the community as well. I'm just thinking to the about the Haiti situation. I know he was very involved in, in um, you know helping them um, during that situation, and he's 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 uh, he does a lot for the community. So um, you know, I'm proud of him for that. It's certainly an honor for him to be nominated. Well, you know, the thing that sticks out about Bake to me is, you know, he's a very even-keeled guy. Uh, I think he's got a good perspective on uh, you need balance in life. And I think that, uh, you know, our our sole focus, um, you know, when we're in the building is really about getting better and executing better, coaching better, and – becoming better football players. Uh, I think, you know, oftentimes what gets lost in that is the balance of being a good human being and, uh, you know, being kind, being considerate, uh, being able to be compassionate by listening. And uh, I think Bacon bodies all those things. I think he, he's got a good balance of football uh, and he knows when to um you know, put in the time uh, solely for football. And he also has that, um, you know, once he leaves the building, there's a lot of other things that that he embodies uh, that I think he shows while he's in the building and when he's out. So I think he does a good job of, uh, you know, just having that balance in life that probably all of us, regardless of profession, are searching for. 
So in order there, we had Brian Flores' announcement to the team uh, talking about Jerome Baker being the Dolphins nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Then we had Coach Flores in his press conference on Wednesday morning talking about that nomination and what Jerome Baker means to this team and this community. And then last there was Josh Boyer, Dolphins defensive coordinator, talking about the same thing, Jerome Baker and what he means here to South Florida, not just the football team, Miami Dolphins, but also within the community. We're going to hear from Jerome here in just one second, but first, let's go ahead and talk to Pops. Jerome Baker Sr. joins the podcast. And we are very happy now to have Jerome Baker Sr. on the podcast here. You you mentioned this before we started recording, Jerome, about not talking about Mr. Baker Sr., but I've got to differentiate somehow with you guys here, so we're going to have Jerome on later. So, Jerome, welcome into the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. We're very happy to have you on. And, uh, you know, before we get started here, I just wanted to ask you, I I think Jerome had answered a question at the press conference after the game last weekend. Did the Ohio State-Michigan result kind of hit you the same way it hit Jerome? I don't think so, right? Because, you know, uh, Jerome played at Ohio State. He lived Ohio State. And I just, over the years, just follow Ohio State. And that's a really big big difference, right? Sure. To where um, um, uh, he, he had the actual opportunity to experience what that really means. I'm just a fan. You know, like being a fan is one thing. Being a player and being part of that family is something totally different. So, you know, when something happens to your family, it's different than, uh, you know, a, a friend, uh, ex, you know, uh, hearing about the same situation, right? So I'm a fan. You know, he he was part of that family, and so I'm quite sure it impacted him, you know, more than it impacted me. And I was disappointed. I have a lot of friends who are Michigan, uh, 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 you know, that supports Michigan. Uh, and so, uh, yes, I was disappointed. But I didn't play at Ohio State. I'm just an Ohio State fan. So. You know, that's just the difference for me. Yeah, by association, right? My, my wife wears a shirt that says, I married into this with a Dolphins logo. So she's becoming more and more <laughs> of a fan, but she, she's, uh, she knows, she knows uh, where her bread's buttered. So just wanted to kind of start right. off there with something light, Jerome, because I want to ask you about so much here with, with your son and all the incredible things he does down here in South Florida. But first, can you tell us a little bit about Men, Men of Central and Jerome Jr.'s involvement in that? Sure, sure. So, like, at the present time, you know, we are actually the men and women of Central, right? And so, initially, when I started the organization, and I don't like to say when I started, but it's true. You know, when I started the organization, it was really a mentoring program to support uh, youth in the Central community of Cleveland. Uh, because, you know, there's, you know, various challenges that young folks, you know, African-Americans face uh, within our urban cities. And so, uh, part of my dream was always, I lived out of town for a long time in New Jersey as an adult. And I moved back home. And so one of my dreams was always to come back home and uh, uh, provide some support, if you will, or some leadership you know, within my own community. And so I started that through the men and women of Central uh, mentoring, mentoring youth in, in, uh, in the neighborhood. And so um, I always brought my children along with me to see, to show them what that looked like. And so, um, you know, uh, even at a young age, you know, uh, I call them, you know, Rome was always a part of that through our mentoring programs, uh, passing out uh, supplies, uh, participating in programs, uh, being our photographer, uh, being in every um, aspect of the work that I was doing. As I was learning and doing, he was watching me, you know, so he grew with me at the same time. So that was pretty awesome. I have to imagine that was a big part of instilling these values that he obviously still carries today. I mean, with Football Unites, uh, um, his his foundation that he also is part of. He's always working with kids. I have to imagine that was a big part of instilling some of the values that he still carries today, right? Absolutely. So, you know, uh, 
unfortunately, sometimes, you know, there's a, there's a lot of youth who, who do not have uh, fathers in their home. And, uh, you know, I've always valued the importance of fathers. I wanted to de- demonstrate in, in all aspects what that meant to my children, not just from my perspective, but what the responsibilities, you know, require with that title. And so, um, you know, I always poured into other children other than my own, uh, whether it be my nieces and nephews or younger cousins or, you know, people in the community. And he had the opportunity to grow up just seeing that every day. You know, so it's no surprise to me, uh, you know, how he interacts with his younger cousins, uh, his nieces or his nephews, uh, that he's taken on that same uh, type of spirit and attitude. And, uh, you know, I'm just really proud to, to see him, you know, taking it to to this level. Uh, for real. Yeah, it's it's incredible to hear. And and there's there on the same podcast here, you're gonna hear uh, from both Brian Flores and Josh Boyer, Dolphins defensive coordinator and head coach, about what Jerome means and his work in the community. There's some, mm-hmm. some very high praise there for you, and I'm sure you'll you'll awesome. look forward to hearing that. Um on, on that same kind of thought there, you know, what was the most important thing to you as a father to for your children? Like what was your non-negotiable that you really had to instill in them as 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 children? Non-negotiable. Wow, that's a very good question. Um, Thank you. Non-negotiable. Right. So, uh, you know, as a as a fifty-six-year-old man today, and then how I raised my children, you know, when I was in my early forties or forty or whatever the case may be, uh, you know, education was like really important to me and family, right? And so, uh, behavior in school was non-negotiable. Bad behavior, rather, in school was non-negotiable, right? I would tell my children. Uh, I'm hoping that you'd be the smartest person in the class, the smartest person in school. But if that's not the case, bad behavior is unacceptable. Uh, so if the teacher or the counselor or the principal, uh, whoever happens to call me and, t- and say, you know, uh, you know, my child is behaving uh, in a way that doesn't represent, you know, uh, our family, there's going to be a problem, you know. And so bad behavior uh, is, has always been unacceptable in school for all my children. So you think Jerome took pretty well to that? He didn't have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> the non-negotiable, right? That's a... it, was, it was non-negotiable. <laughs> I love and, I'm pr- it. And, I'm, and I'm proud to say I've never had, you know, any issues of, no major issues of, uh, with Jerome in school. Like sometimes children are so smart that they can become lazy sometimes because they may not be challenged uh, at, at times, right? So Jerome's intelligence was, uh, he can pass all the tests that you can give him. But when it came to homework sometimes, eh, maybe not so much, right? Uh, and so either he got an A or he got an F. There was no in between, uh, you know, which which was always kind of you know crazy to me. But it was never from a behavioral standpoint. Never had any from any of my children. Never had any behavior issues in school. So uh, I think you know me and my wife did a real good job in terms of like uh, expectations of how to conduct yourself, you know, as a person in school within the community, within in the public places. And so I'm, I'm really proud of all of my children from that perspective, for sure. He either did it or didn't do it, right? And it was always good work when he did it. And if he didn't do it, obviously, you don't get the credit for <laughs> right. it. Inter- interesting right. perspective there. You had also told me a story before we began recording the podcast about him selecting, a, it was a Pop Warner football team. Can you can you kind of repeat that story again? Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, when you, uh, you know, Jerome started playing football at, like, six or seven years old. And the craziest thing, he asked me, you know, we was moving from the suburb into, into the city, at this particular time, and you know, we was selling our home, we was having a home built, and uh, he was like, uh, "Daddy, I want to play football." And I was under like a tremendous lot of stress, and I was like, well, "Son, let me sell this house, and let me, you know, we building this other house. I surely can't pay for no two homes." So I said, uh, "Let me find a place uh, for you to play." And so he has excelled so well in early 
ages of his football. And so it, it come to that point when you're about like 10 or 11 or 12. Uh, and so um, he had grew kind of, you know, at, to a nice size. And so you can only play certain positions at Pop Warner on some leagues. And um, so he was like, uh, you know, I don't want to be restricted to play like a center or uh, offensive lineman or, you know, whatever. And uh, a lot of teams was recruiting him at like 11 and 12 years old, which was, it was, it was crazy. And uh, we would have these conversations. I said, we're wrong. Uh, uh, we're going to look at the pros and cons and you tell me what the pros and cons are. And then that's how we're going to select the team. So I really want him to think about it. And um, uh, we, we sat down and had a conversation. I still remember sitting in my living room and he's like, dad, I want to play for the Denville Buckeyes because there is no weight limit. The competition is going to be, you know, tough. Uh, and I could play any position I want to, and we would travel throughout Ohio. I said, and, and he spoke about the coach. He said, uh, um, the coach is excellent. He really teaches the kids. He, he he really pours into them, and I think that would be a great place for me. What what an it awesome was, selection process that was. Was it linebacker, uh, well, running back? Is his positions? Well, he was playing, you know, ever since he's been a small kid, he played multiple positions. So he played uh, running back and linebacker at that particular time, but the he ended up switching to quarterback, right? Also because uh, just of some changes, because you know sometimes you know young guys don't want to play that position, so he ended up playing quarterback also. So it was like one of the best decisions I think uh, uh, we've made uh, for his football career for sure. Yeah, I mean it sounds like that's a, a big part of kind of his versatility, which as you know is very yeah. well valued down here in Miami yeah. under Coach Brian Flores. Uh, one more question Absolutely. for you here, Jerome. I, I just wanted to ask you, you know, the Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. It's it's no small matter. It's a really big deal. Right, right, what does it mean absolutely. to you when you saw that news break? Um, let me tell you something. So I, I, I followed Walton Payton over the years, you know, as a football player and as a man, right? And so uh, specifically as a, as, a, as, a, as a black man, as an African-American man, and how he conducted himself as a human being, you know, first and foremost, uh, it is a pleasure to be spoken in terms of as a human being with comparison to Walter Payton, like seriously, and to understand like his, uh, athletic attributes, and then what he meant to the community. I mean, you know, we could be here all day talking about Walter, uh, <laughs> seriously. So for my son to be uh, selected and thought up in those terms, man, it is the greatest feeling in the world for me. I mean, my son has had all the football attributes that you could probably imagine, right? But there's nothing that speaks to my being proud of his uh, accomplishments as a young man, Right. And I used to tell him all the time growing up, I said, Rome, football is what you do. It is not who you are. Football is what you do. And to see him grow into this role as a, as a 24-year-old man on and off the field, uh, I can't express enough how proud I am as, as a father. Uh, 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 I cannot express enough how proud I am of him as a, as a young man. And that, you know, sometimes you think your children may not be listening or watching, uh, uh, but he really, uh, my goal for my son has always been, to be better than me, to be smarter than me, to look better than me, be more athletic than me, have more money than me. I want your wife to even be prettier than my wife. I want <laughs> everything to be better than me. And I used to tell him, I said, Ron, but, you know, like, I ain't no slouch, so don't think that's going to be like a walk on the park, right? But to see him be uh, uh, nominated for such a prestigious award uh, is, is better than any award that can be given. I mean, I know Super Bowls and playoffs and championships and all that stuff is important, but you know, that stuff is, you know, it's going to subside and you got to live in the real world. Uh, eventually. So I'm just extremely proud of, of my son and being nominated for this award. Well, you've certainly given him a good example to follow after. And I'm not sure if he ever told you this, but the, the local media down here has a good guy award that they're, 
the person who was most cooperative and, and easy to talk to for the media among all Dolphins players. Mm-hmm. And he won that. I think it was either last year or two years ago. I don't know if he told you that, right. but it kind of speaks to your behavioral standards. Right, absolutely. You know, and, and uh, even after the game, if you ever follow Jerome after the game, so uh, he signs autographs yeah. after every game. He makes himself accessible after every game because I'm, I'm proud. I don't never want to make things about me when it comes to my son, but I am so proud that um, he heard, you know, some of the things I was teaching him and that he's taking it to the next level in terms of like what it means to be a quality human being, what it means to serve, what it means to give back, what it means to continue to develop and be the best person you can be. And so, yes, he's only 24. Yes, he has a lot to grow and a lot to still to do, but uh, he's doing okay. You know, his father's always been his number one fan. When he's a kid, I was always talking to him, you know, I'm your number one fan. He was seven years old, <laughs> you know? And so he grew up hearing, you know, uh, you know, you, you're my superstar son from he was seven years old. You know, I'm your number one fan. And so, uh, and that was just from him being a person and a football player. So I'm, I'm just really extremely proud of him. Yeah, that, that's great. There's nothing else I got to ask you about that. That's that's a perfect way to wrap it up right there. Thank you so much for your time. I'm sure all of Northeast Ohio will be casting their votes for Jerome Baker Jr. for the Walter Payton Absolutely. Man of the Year in 2021. Thank you so much for your time today, Jerome. We really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks. You too. And there he goes. How good was that? Let's go ahead and jump straight into our next guest. Jerome Baker Jr. Joining us now is the 2021 Miami Dolphins Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee linebacker for your Miami Dolphins, Jerome Baker. Bake, thanks for taking some time with us today, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you. It's good to be being here and, you know, see you. So what's the, before I get to the, the, the questions here, what does the bye week look like for you? Are you a stay-at-home kind of guy or maybe you're a jet setter? Um. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to, uh, just chill and hit the beach a little bit. Uh, that, that's kind of been my main thing is I, I truly want to relax and uh, just get my mind right and come finish the season strong. I don't want to give you to give away your, your hot spot or your secret spot, but what where's the beach of choice down here in South Florida? You don't have to give it away if um, you don't want to. Yeah, so I, I definitely go to Fort Lauderdale Beach. Um, you know, South Beach is it's a little hectic, um, so I, I definitely just go to Fort Lauderdale and chill a little bit. I head over to Dania Beach uh, right by the airport there. It's a pretty quiet spot if you're ever interested in some uh, little more private beach style there. But um, I digress. Let's let's get into the real st- the stuff here, Jerome. Uh, what does this nomination mean for you? I mean, I, you talked about in your press conference about how this was very important to you. What does this this nomination for uh, the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award mean to you? Oh, uh, it is truly an honor. Um, I think this is like the one award that I, I truly wanted to um, win and um, really have. Since the beginning of the year, you know, I, I talked to so I talked to, you know, my friends and my family. And uh, it was one of those awards I I knew that, you know, deep down I can definitely win it. And um, and it was kind of cool. You can win it by just giving back and um, doing things for the community. And that's what I love to do. That's what I truly, um, you know, take pride in. And just to, to be nominated is truly an honor. I got a chance to watch the uh, Coach Flores uh, announce the nomination to the team after practice the other day. What was going through your mind there when Coach made that announcement after practice? Uh, I don't know. It, it was like one of those, I didn't really know what he was about to say. And then once he sprung it up, it was like my heart started racing a little bit. Like maybe, you know, I do have a chance to win it. And you know, once he said my name, it, it definitely, uh, it, it made it all worth it. It truly meant a lot to me. And um, it, it's definitely an honor to win it. I saw your teammates uh, calling for a speech there. Did you oblige them? 
Um, so yeah, I had a little speech, but uh, it wasn't nothing uh, special at all. I say that. <laughs> no, no problem, no problem. We saw him kind of cut away. You looked like you were just kind of trying to be humble and accepted, and so we'd expect nothing less, man. I wanted to ask you. I, I told you we had your father on the podcast here, and he talked a little bit about men of Central, and now it's men and women of Central. Just wanted to kind of ask you about your involvement in that and what it, what it meant to be around something like that as a youth. It. I think, you know, when I was younger, I truly didn't understand how powerful that was. Um, it was like kind of one of those things. I just wanted to follow my dad and follow his lead. Uh, but growing up, you know, to see that it instilled something in me that I'm truly grateful for. And that's, uh, you know, we're blessed. I was blessed with different opportunities. I was blessed to have a support system. Um, and, and it's truly my job and my duty to give back. You know, I, I'm blessed and I definitely have things that a lot of people don't have and you know, it's my job to really just give back and do as much as I can for my community, my city. Uh, and, and that's truly what I appreciate it. You know, looking back at all the memories I have with me and my dad and my mom, my sister, uh, the one cool one he always brings up is we had this, uh, it was like a parade. All the different nonprofits, you know, you bring out your, your group and bring out the people in the nonprofit and you know, my dad just started his, so it was just me, my mom, my uh, dad, and my sister. My mom and my sister was in a van uh, following us, me and my dad. We was holding this giant uh, poster, um, but it was just cool of, you know, that's all we need, and, you know, we can definitely make it work. We can definitely impact some people with just us, and just to see over the years how much it grown, it, it truly meant a lot to me. So when I got you know in a place that I can start my own you know nonprofit, that was the first thing I wanted to do. That was like my main thing I wanted to do when I got to NFL. So I'm definitely happy for that. Yeah, kind of continuing the family business, right? Can, can you tell us more about that? Expand the land, right? Can you can you expand yeah. on expand the land? <laughs> yeah, so expand the land. It's kind of a play on words. Yeah. I'm from Cleveland, uh, Cleveland is the you know, the land. LeBron made it famous, whatever. Uh, and I, I truly just wanted to expand the land, if you think about it. I, I wanted to, um, you know, mentor. I wanted to uh, do, you know, help kids in any direction they want to go in. If it's a lawyer, if it's a doctor, if it's sports, if it's whatever it is, I want to help them and use my resources and use the people I met, you know, throughout my life and um, help guide them to be just really the best person they can be. Uh, you know, growing up, I had a lot of friends. I had a lot of people I met that, they were better than me in football. They were smarter than me. You know, they they truly were just better people, but uh, they didn't have the the support system to really guide them to really success uh, succeed. So, uh, I truly wanted to be that and help as much as I can. I remember going to camps. I remember going to you know pretty much anything, and just to I remember those experiences of like having that uh, support. It really meant a lot. So. I wouldn't be here without the support system I had, and I truly want to be that, you know, little bit of support to someone else. So uh, that truly has been my reason of why I started, and I'm definitely happy I did. So you must really look back at your upbringing with a lot of gratitude then. Oh, yeah, I definitely do. That, that's why uh, you see the Where My Mama video. Uh, <laughs> I, I look All at my mom and uh, my mom, my dad, my family. They, I wouldn't be the person I am today without them and, I definitely am happy I had them, and I'm definitely grateful for them. I think one of the most selfless things I read and kind of pulling some research for this interview, Jerome, was the fact that your birthday's on Christmas Day, and you spend your birthday and Christmas with the Boys and Girls Club of Miami-Dade. Why is that so important to you, man? 
Uh, I think it really started was you know growing up. I was always I couldn't really celebrate my birthday. I couldn't really um, do anything special for it. Uh, but it was one of those the whole world is celebrating. Um, and I remember I, I truly I was blessed. So my parents they had taken me out of town, um, and I would get gifts. Uh, and I just remember like Christmas is one of those holidays. It, was, it just brings you so much joy and so much love. And uh, when I got to this level, it was, I'm not really, uh, there's not many gifts I can't get myself. Um, just, you know, just speaking like that. Uh, but it's one thing I can do is make other people happy. And, you know, the people over at the Girls and Boys Club, uh, they do a just great job of helping me and supporting me. And, uh, you know, I, I truly just want to give back. And I think that's like the best gift to make someone else happy and, you know, make kids happy and um, show that, you know, their love and their care and, you know, people are thinking about them. So I think that's like the best gift I have. And every year I can definitely have it every year. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. Now, you've been down here since 2018. How do you compare Christmas in the Northeast compared to Christmas in South Florida? Because this is my second year here, still kind of trying to get used to like palm trees and wearing shorts outside on Christmas morning. Oh, yeah, it's definitely different. I, I think the one thing is um, it's just the weather. Uh, that's like the main thing. Up north, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all those holidays. You're in the house. You want to spend it together. It's cold outside, so you're in the house. That's when you drink your hot chocolate and you stay by the tree, the fireplace, and you really just conversate. Here, it was a little different for me because I remember the, my first year, uh, I was talking about Christmas, and, you know, the people around me, they were like, yeah, we're going to the beach. I'm like, it's Christmas, though. Like, who wants to, you know, go out? Uh, but yeah, over time, you get used to it, and... Uh, I don't think I'm going up north anytime soon. I definitely want to stay down here. <laughs> there you go. I feel the exact same way. Hey, jumping on the call right now, a quick surprise guest here, Jason Taylor. Jason, what do you got for us, man? What's up? What's up, Jerome? How are you doing, bro? I'm good. How are you? Good, man. I just wanted to jump on real quick and, and congratulate you for being the Dolphins nominee for Walter Payton Man of the Year. I'm sure as you know, it's probably the biggest honor we have in this game. I mean, Pro Bowls are great. Um, obviously, the Hall of Fame is great, but you know, as far as individual individual awards this is the biggest thing so as a former winner i wanted to jump on and congratulate you really proud of you love the way you play obviously a big fan of that and getting to see you every week but what you do in the community is so much bigger so much better um i commend you for that a lot of people know about your play on the field but what you do off the field sometimes goes unnoticed and, and i know we don't do it for recognition and for notice we do it for the right reasons and because we're making an impact in our communities or we're changing lives and and it even makes us feel better when we do it. You know, we get a lot more out of it sometimes than other people do. But I want to congratulate you and on, on uh, and you know, whether you win the award or not, you know, you see the trophy sitting back here. Whether you win it or not, it's it's not about that. It's about what you do every time you get a chance to do it. And, and I, I love you for that. I appreciate you for that. And, and on behalf of myself, but really on behalf of my of the Jason Taylor Foundation, I'm going to send you a thousand dollars. You send it any any charity of your choice. And uh, if there's everything ever anything I can do. To help you know with any of your events or you just showing up somewhere on a Tuesday or a Monday, please let me know. I'd be happy to do it if I'm available. And hell, I ain't doing much. I'm sitting around calling games on weekends and coaching <laughs> football during the week. So I, I'm always here for you. Ah, uh, thank you, thank you. That truly means a lot. So keep keep it up. Enjoy your bye week. I know you guys get more time off than we used to get. <laughs> thank God, thank God the CBA mandated that. But you guys, you guys earned it. I hate to see you guys take a break when you're on such a roll right now. But enjoy it. Heal up. And uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks against the Jets. Uh, I appreciate it. That really means a lot. Thanks, JT. All right. Have a good one, man. You too.
Not bad, huh? Yeah, that, that's a special right there. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty great. JT is the best man, a Hall of Famer and a, and a great man as well. So you kind of share you, you share company with him now in this Walter Payton Man of the Year nomination. So one more question for you, Jerome, before I let you get out of here and go enjoy your bye week. I appreciate you doing this. The last <laughs> thing you're doing before you get out of here, there's kind of a last day of school type of feel around here today. I can definitely feel that vibe. But I wanted to ask you real quick, you know, the Surfside uh, tragedy that happened earlier this summer, the Haiti earthquake as well. You were involved in both of those. You jumped at the opportunity to get involved with that. Why was that so important to you in both those cases? Um, it, it's really, you know, um, I've been here for four years and uh, just the city of Miami, I, I feel like they adopted me and they welcomed me in. So, um, you know, I, I was blessed with a lot of different things here and with the contract, if it's being drafted here, um, you know, the wins, the losses, I truly, um, love the city and, and, and honestly, uh, just the, the Haitian community is being down here. They welcome me with just open arms and. You know, when I heard the tragedy, my, my first thing was just, let me just see what I can do to help. And um, the Dolphins, they, they supported me in every way they could. And, uh, yeah, so I, that, that's truly what I wanted to do and just help as much as I can. And even with Surfside, it, it, it truly broke my heart because how much time I, I spend down there and how much uh, many memories I have there. And uh, so when I definitely saw that I can help, the first thing I do is, uh, you know, I truly just call the Dolphins and see what I can do and, they helped me as any way I can. So I'm definitely grateful for that. Yeah, and they got you out there right away. You were one of the first, that 55 jersey, one of the first things I saw, you know, obviously a tragedy situation, but good to see the community kind of rally around that. And you're a big part of that, Jerome. We really appreciate your time today, man. You can cast your vote for Jerome for Walter Payton Man of the Year by participating in Nationwide's seventh annual charity challenge, a social media, social media campaign designed to support and promote team nominees. Fans can vote by Twitter by using the hashtag WPMOY challenge followed by their favorite nominee's last name or Twitter handle. So get your vote for Jerome. The player whose unique hashtag is used the most between December 7th and January 17th will receive a $25,000 contribution to his charity, Jerome's charity of choice, while the second and third place finishers will receive $10,000 and $5,000 donations, all courtesy of Nationwide. Hashtag information and official rules can be found at NFL.com Man of the Year. Jerome, thank you again so much for your time, man. Go enjoy your bye week. Uh, Thank you. Have a good one. And away he goes. Like that Jason Taylor surprise, not too bad there. And great to hear from Jerome. Such a good guy. I'm so excited to finally get him on the podcast here. He's he's one of the best, and, and that's what we want to have here in Miami. So Jerome Baker, Jerome Baker Sr., thank you for their time. Uh, good to hear them from Coach Flores and Coach Boyer and JT. Fun podcast here. As always, we're going to have more content for you guys coming up tomorrow, including some different level of content than you're used to here on the Drive Time Podcast. In the meantime, you all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. Go ahead and leave us a rating, leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL or on Instagram, the Miami Dolphins across all social platforms at MiamiDolphins.com. Check out the Fish Tank podcast with Seth and OJ. Nat Moore was on the pod this week. And of course, our YouTube channel for all media availabilities and Dolphins today. Last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up. Caroline, daddy is coming home.